Hello and welcome to another episode at Guwahati Weekly. I am Drishti Medhi, member at the Guwahati Shapers Hub. And today I have with me Manisha Datta, shaper at the Guwahati Shapers Hub. In continuation to the previous episode about Project Mahabahu that focused around understanding the flood and flood mitigation solutions in Assam, today we shall talk to Manisha about an important part of the project, which is focused group discussions that the team has been conducting with the communities affected by floods. Welcome to the show, Manisha. Thank you, Rishi. I have a few questions for you that uh, I shall start with. So, sure. shall I begin? Yes, yes, please. All right. So, Manisha, tell us about the objectives of understanding the focused group discussions with the community members. Sure. Uh, so, Drishti, the key objective of Project Mahabahu, uh, as we had uh, heard in the previous broadcast, uh, mm -hmm. is to develop, engage, engineer, promote, listen, identify, solve, and transmit knowledge around floods and ways of mitigating its impact. Now, this requires integrating indigenous knowledge with the mainstream discussions that have been doing rounds around floods and uh, its mitigation. Now, right. It is very critical to listen and assimilate these lived experiences of communities that have actually lived by the river and have experienced the floods over generations. The FGD therefore aims to draw in a grounds up understanding of the floods to inform larger discussions around solutions and policies um, uh, around flood and its mitigation. So what we had done was that uh, we, we had organized this focus group discussion in the month of October to begin with in one yeah. of the remote rural river in areas of Borpeta district in Assam. Now this is one district that gets affected by floods uh, the most in the region actually uh, every year and so we thought why not reach out to the community why not understand what is it that they experience right so these are communities who have spent generations by the river Brahmaputra right so how yes. does this community perceive of the river in their lived experience so there is a dual perspective of the river uh, from the community's perspective and, and the responses that I kind of give uh, uh, actually emerge from the insights uh, uh, that, uh, that we had uh, like elicited from the FGDs. So it's a dual perspective of the river Brahmaputra. So on one hand, uh, the river carries memories of uh, generations and it's a shared kind of memories where they have grown up by the river, they have, they have embraced the river, they have lived with the river, right? Absolutely. Um, uh, it is also a source of income for the community. So even if fishing is, let's say, not the primary income, but it is a source of livelihood for the community and the river is kind of this um, binding and nourishing force for them from where they, 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 they actually thrive. However, yeah. when I'm saying this, uh, I think uh, somewhere uh, within the FGD, this is also uh, something that kind of emerged and where we saw that the experience of flood uh, and the devastating impact of flood actually overpowers this positive um, uh, uh, positive uh, benefit uh, that the river offers to the community. So here I would actually like to quote uh, a person uh, sharing uh, his experience uh, from the FGD. The person sure. mentions, when we behold the Brahmaputra, it gives us happiness, just like anyone in Guwahati would feel. However, 
The devastation that the river brings along during monsoons is Kal Rupi. And by Kal Rupi, it means deadly form. So this perspective actually contrasts the popular the Brahmaputra uh, within the region. And, and for this particular community, the devastating, the traumatic experience of flood is much, much more than what the river has to actually offer. Right, right. So um, if you could tell me, what were the key insights that can be drawn out in communities' experience of the floods? And also, could you share with instances, uh, instances that were shared by the members while you were conducting the FGDs? Sure, Drishti. So we had conducted two focus group uh, discussions. Uh, in one of the FGDs, we had predominantly men from the village. Uh, and the other focus group discussion was had women. It was an all-women uh, FGD that we had. And the, 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 the age group of women actually ranged from as young as 20 years to 50 years. Um, uh, I would very briefly touch upon the insights. So first of all, um, um, their own personal experiences. One of the things that came out is that the changing course of the river and the floods have actually swept away agricultural lands. Um, yeah. and, and agriculture used to be a primary source of income uh, for the community. And yeah. this was an instance from um, that dated back to the late 90s, 1997, around uh, that time when there was a huge flood that had come. Yeah. And uh, it actually swept away these uh, agricultural fields. So as a result of that, because you're unable to cultivate in this particular area, a, because of the floods, but even when the river retreats, it actually lives, leaves behind silt, you know, and it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not uh, fertile in nature. Yeah. So there is a lot of distress migration that takes place. A lot of men actually go to nearby towns to work as brick kiln workers, to work as construction workers. So distress migration is actually an over, uh, offshoot of the impact of floods because you do not have any land to cultivate, right? The yeah. other offshoot of floods uh, was this high rate of child marriage that, not, that, that was something that was brought out in the FGD and I had myself observed also when I was part of the FGD. Um, so I will again quote this from the FGD. So there is this one lady who had shared, when parents give birth, there are hopes of educating their children. That hope here, even if people would have, they would have it for let's say four or five years and after that they give up because the reality is so different because when one is at the char the char is the riverine area of the brahmaputra the river exists from all sides even if there is a school it is either mm. unreachable yeah. dysfunctional or is cut off for six months during mm. and after floods mm. therefore boys as young as 11 years are married off or sent off to work and girls by 12 or 13 years, um, when they are ready enough, quote unquote, she's, uh, they are married off. So, uh, so huge rates of child marriage and child labor that you kind of see because the, 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 you know, the access to essential services are kind of disrupted. So while education Absolutely. is hampered by this way, there is also access to health that kind of gets disrupted. 
for example, there was this one instance where a lady was mentioning that her daughter-in-law was pregnant and uh, the floods had hit and, and, and she had to be taken off to a safe place because their house was actually submerged by the river. So in the middle of the night, they actually made this makeshift kind of a, a boat uh, and, and she was transferred to the nearest um, uh, bank uh, and which was a kind of embankment and she stayed there the whole night while it was raining, the ra there, there was downpour. So uh, uh, also the fact that these communities reside in the remotest areas by the bank of the river and the nearest health facility is actually uh, far away, five to 10 kilometers away, right? right so right. disrupted connectivity also kind of pushing them further into marginalization during these times of hazards and crisis. Um, the other thing is that even within the community, and this I, I think I'll also elaborate uh, later, is that there is a differential impact of floods within the community. It's not like the flood impacts uniformly. There are subgroups within the community who are affected much more than others. And the last point is around a shared memory of loss and devastation and which was very poignant, you know, when we kind of did the FGD. Uh, for example, uh, I, I, this is one instance um, that, so we were standing by the river and there was a principal of the primary school. Uh, we were just having a talk about the river and, you know, till what point does the water rises and things like that. So he pointed to one stretch of water, uh, river water. The river was flowing in one stretch of water. And he said, do you see that stretch of water? That was where my house used to be. And so one yeah. can imagine this, the, the, the severe sense of loss that yeah, this indeed. community actually experienced. Yeah. So yeah, these were the key insights that I can kind of uh, assimilate for you right now, Drishti. Sure. That was quite an insightful, insightful perspective into the community's experience. And, and I would, yes. I'm really thrilled to hear this from you. Um, you. Could you throw light on how in the dire circumstances when hit by the floods, does the community respond to the calamity? Right. So uh, though it didn't come out very much in the limited time that we had for the FGDs, but there were some instances of collective response that we kind of uh, uh, we, we kind of had an opportunity to hear. So one is that in, uh, there were instances where community members had shared that, you know, when the monsoons are about to arrive or the monsoons just arrive, you know, what they do is they collectively raise funds, whatever anybody can contribute. They get these uh, sacks and bags yeah. or cement sacks. Yeah. And they make this uh, temporary sort of arrangement in the form of an embankment, which is popularly okay. called as Mathari yeah. in Asmis. They build those. So once the monsoon strike or once, let's say, the floods uh, are in a rampage uh, mode, uh, families who are closer to the river actually, you know, uh, they, they, they kind of, they're actually displaced because they lose their houses. So they, they shift to this particular Mathari and that, place actually becomes their residence for days when mm -hmm. the floods are in uh, during the floods basically right so um, uh, so so embankments are created through a collective means and embankments actually play a critical role in kind of saving them from the rampage 
uh, there were also instances of families who narrated the night uh, let's say when the water level rose within their houses right so they would share that you know we know when the water levels are going to rise and it can happen at any point in time so what we do is that we just bundle up all the uh, household um, uh, household uh, 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 i mean inventories and household uh, assets that we have we we tuck it uh, tuck them in a, in a in a raised platform and then we shift to the uh, embankment and that's where they, where they stay for some of them it's the school premise you know even if it's in a very dilapidated uh, condition it's yeah. a school premise where they seek uh, refuge during that period of time that's like mm-hmm. the immediate response that kind of happens one particular thing that i would like to also bring about was this um, shared kind of uh, support that uh, families sort of offer so there were also instances of families whose homes were washed away you know and they were actually offered shelter by other community members who live farther away from the river so these are some of the insights that we sort of received as an immediate response okay um now um tell us about the different layers of vulnerabilities and differential impacts of the floods within the community that came out from the discussions right so um, as i had earlier said um the impact is differential yes and uh, if one looks at that particular community it's not homogeneous there are okay. contours of heterogeneity within the community mm-hmm. okay so geographically if you look at that particular village or community mm. uh, the village is located at the bank of brahmaputra Uh, okay. those residing by the river immediately by the river are economically the poorest and the most yeah. marginalized right. uh and the ones staying farther away you can also distinguish that by the nature of their houses you know yeah, so yeah. the ones staying farther away would have these tin uh, houses uh, tin sheds and houses so uh, a little better off and also farther away from the brahmaputra and exactly. these are families who, whose houses are at least not washed away when the floods occur right now demographically um uh, overall this community is highly marginalized within the larger socio political discourse of the region firstly uh, during floods women are the worst affected especially single women who do not have a primary source of earning member for months and even years so there was this one lady who was um, who was 32 years old around um she had three children and she did not have her husband her husband had passed away because of some ailment and she actually went without food for several uh, weeks during the floods now um at the same time for women you know access to essential care and sanitation also gets disrupted during floods and it makes them not just vulnerable to diseases and ailments but you you see uh, i mean access to sanitation is also a basic right to dignity Ab- right absolutely dignity. absolutely yes so that's also a question um uh, and you know during any form of crisis or ha- hazard assistance support social safety ne- safety nets relief um i think social security uh, need to be actually leveraged to at least provide some sort of resilience when a crisis starts especially for vulnerable communities 
Yeah. But for a community already outside the ambit of social security, already marginalized within the larger uh, 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 socio-political discourse, mm-hmm. this 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 is missing and so Mm -hmm. for them overcoming the impact gets all the more difficult yes so uh yeah so primarily this is the this is the overall heterogeneity that i was kind of talking about and you know and how the the already marginalized are further pushed to ultra vulnerability to ultra precarious situation during hazards and crisis like the floods right so um apart from the um you know uh, the disparity that you have seen among the community while doing this discussion is there anything else in particular that that caught your attention while conducting the fgd i think one of the things that i see emerging is that they they are collectively looking for solutions drishti they want some solutions to be brought in where they would like to participate as well um, right and this sense of and this is a positive thing it, i mean the, the community that we kind of interacted with was not a passive community they mm-hmm. were quite active and they were okay. also keen to know what let's say we have to offer as part of the project right yeah, yeah. um i also see hopes and when i'm talking about women being marginalized or right. the most vulnerable i also see hopes in the way um you know self help groups collectives of women have actually emerged and are so active uh, in fact this is uh, you know when we were conducting the meeting uh, sorry the discussion right after this discussion there was a meeting scheduled for sgs and huge number of women had turned up and uh, and and they were discussing and and this this was something i was just asking them you know okay can you tell me where do you utilize your money of course there is they, they are not as active in that sense in terms of you know knowing where to invest their money or something right but then you do see hopes of collectiveness of collective participation in improving their lives in improving their situation drishti i see so so that that's in fact a very um, positive thing right the fact thank you so much for listening to gahati weekly if you want to know what we are up to don't forget to follow us on instagram facebook and twitter we're gahati shapers and i look forward to hosting you again until then take care